I have good news for you both, though. Mm, good. The Rebound is brought to you by Udemy, the largest marketplace for online learning. Want to expand your potential? With over 65,000 courses starting at just $11.99, Udemy can help you develop your skills and discover new passions. Students around the world have used Udemy to get ahead and even switch careers. Visit ude.my slash rebound to download the Udemy app to learn anytime, anywhere. Good news. That is good news, right? <laughs> More good news? More good news. I thought you guys liked that. I thought it was out of good news for now. Hmm. Have you heard the good news? Oh, no. Is there good news to tell? Please, God. <laughs> please give me something, John. Uh, I don't have any. I don't think either one of you has been fired from Apple. Is that right? Or or incarcerated by Apple. For leaking? There's for no le- way to be yeah. sure. This is all an elaborate <laughs> you sting. Can't, 183 you can't episodes tell? in, this is an elaborate sting. This is because um, you're not allowed to say, right? Uh, well, con- I can, contractually. I can leak that I leaked leaking information. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Dan, there's a did you hole. ever talk to uh did you ever talk to anybody who who leaked stuff from apple that they weren't supposed to do you i mean well, uh, first of all apple? i'm i'm definitely not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> well that's an answer isn't it <laughs> is it if it were no you would have just said no i mean here's the thing so i wouldn't look cool i was never in the business of certainly soliciting people to leak confidential information for the purposes of getting a story that was just never the business that we were in. Um, we would sometimes talk to people because, you know, in, when you're in this industry, as we all are, you know, people who work Ish. at Apple or at other developers and, you know, people who know things that maybe you're like the vast majority of people don't know. And, you know, Apple's employees to a person, in my experience, have been there generally pretty uh, closed mouths about anything that would actually be a a sensitive subject. But that's not to say that you don't pick up sort of broad strokes or, uh, you know, details that color how you interpret certain news. But, you know, we never really wrote Macworld anyway, certainly was not in the business of breaking news for most of its time that I was there. We were mainly about analysis and that kind of stuff. So I never really made it a priority, certainly, to get people to leak information to me. Uh, And there's always a question of, like, the motivations of those people, right? Like... You kind of got to take it with a grain of salt because they are hoping to get something out of it, whether it be right. notoriety or uh, an axe to grind or whatever. So you got to be kind of careful with that stuff. Yeah, there's there's a, a hard thing with humans where when you know a thing, you want somebody to know that you know the thing. But if you're an Apple leaker, <laughs> you can't get any credit for it anyway. Right, exactly. I mean, as soon as we put your name on that piece. <laughs> <laughs> Apple Insider is aware of a thing at Apple and is now no longer employed. <laughs> It's not really that interesting a story. Yeah, I mean, that's why Gurman's piece is all cite people familiar with a matter, right? Like, we make fun of that a lot because it's a weird phrase, but it's, you know, that's the most broad way of not getting that tracked back to people. And yet Apple seems to have, as John alluded to, you know, they, they have a pretty good process for ferreting those people out. And if Gurman really wants to know what's going on inside Apple, why don't he get a job there? <laughs> then, he <can> know. <laughs> then he can get fired and incarcerated. Hello, I am Gark Merman. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, no relation. Sir. I would like to apply for a job at your wonderful company. Just Mark Gurman with like a like a like a um, Uncle Pennybag mustache. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I mean that didn't stop. Anyways, <laughs> FYI, there is a Mark Gurman story this morning. 
Oh, yeah? <laughs> about oh. Apple launching a news subscription service. I won't say that there's much substance in here other than what most people have speculated would be true since they bought Texture, which is that they would turn it into a news subscription service in Apple mm-hmm. News. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But, you know, clearly it hasn't stopped some of his sources, so whatevs. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> That's what we say. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with texture because the price is too high, right? Like they did okay. They got acquired by Apple. So I think they're fine. Although they then also apparently laid off a bunch of people. <laughs> but I, um, I think that there is a price point at which services like texture are interesting. And I think that they haven't quite found it yet. That's all. That's my take. Hot take. Could you turn Hot that into 800 words, please? <laughs> The um, I do have some interesting Apple news. I got a new laptop because um, my laptop, I've, I've told you on this show, sucks. Um, mm. My MacBook Pro, I think, is a lemon. Like, just the fans run all the time, no matter what I do. Um, and I hate it. But sometimes it turns off. But so uh, work got me a replacement one since it's a work laptop. And I opened it up, and it is a slightly worse version of the same 2015 MacBook Pro that I had been using. <laughs> which apparently was ordered in error. So I had very briefly a new old Mac laptop, but a new new <laughs> Mac laptop is coming at some point. So that's that's my update. There's a you're, lot you're getting happening a, here. Wait, so you're going to get a two like 2017? Yeah, I'm going. It's going to be a touch bar. It looks like it's going to be a little uh-huh. touch bar situation. And like mm-hmm. I got to get a USB C. You're going to you're going to hate it so much. <laughs> I know. I'm fired up. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Why am I going to hate it, John? Uh, you don't like new things. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you have real reasons. I don't know. Is it it the keyboard? Is it something else? Is it the USB-C-ness? Well, I mean, I have... Okay, so I have the 2016, which um, everybody with... Other than me has apparently had massive problems with. Um, Yeah. This thing has worked completely fine for me. I have have not had any problems to knock on with the keyboard. Like I've said before, the trackpad is too big for me, and I keep hitting my heel, heel of my hand on the trackpad and causing it to click places I don't want it to click. But I haven't had any problems with the keyboard. You're a touch to clicker, though, right? You're, you're, are you a touch clicker? A touch, like force touch clicker, oh, like force push touch clicker. clicker. Not okay. Dan's the one. He's oh, the right. tap. He's the I tap. I knew there was clicker. somebody disgusting on this podcast. But it's, I just remember yeah, which one no, it's Dan. It's me. It's um, me. I'm the disgusting one. It's cool. <laughs> but but the thing, you know, it's not a real click. It's not an actual click. Yeah. Trackpad, right? It's a fake click. So yeah, you can trigger touch. it by putting your the heel of your hand on it accidentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway. Uh, I don't, and I, but I, and I'm a touch typist, but I have never gotten to the point where I touch type with the, with the function keys. So it's hard to spell things. I've been, except for escape <laughs> and I can hit the escape. I can hit the virtual escape key. It's fine for me. Um, but, uh, hit the virtual escape key. Sounds like a Corona <laughs> tagline. Just <to> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a Smith Corona tagline. Is that- <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> That is a very limited appeal joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do have to be a certain age. Uh, but I agree with the, I think we mentioned this like a week or two ago, but there's a, there was a, um, an article about making the touch bar more usable. And I agree with the, the person who wrote the article, which was, uh, or a blog post saying that it, it should be for universal features the universal functions rather than for each specific application because it's simply it, it's insanity to try and go through each application and set up different touch bar 
buttons well, based I mean, on... Yeah, I guess I need to go back and reread that piece. But, like, I, I understand that. But doesn't that, like, lose a lot of the utility of it? I think I... I well, it, I guess it depends. It depends. <laughs> I mean, if you want if you want to go through and rejigger every single application and then try to remember what the withering number of combinations is for all the applications that you use be my guest but i can't do that <laughs> well but th- i mean this is this is the point i think we discussed at the time was like if it's customizable globally that's great but it like that seems like the added value over a physical set of keys is diminishes somewhat right no, no not necessarily because you can get you can get report i mean like so the i mean he links to this utility that will replace your touch bar with a um different set of functions basically that you can customize and i still haven't figured out how to do this because it requires a lot of apple scripting and and other things that i do not understand particularly but i you know it returns the returns the functionality so that you you can have you know it will play it'll show your music it'll show what's playing it can show the weather and you know it can open you can dedicate buttons to certain apps that you use all the time so like if you want to tap you can tap the bar to get to some place that you go frequently, that kind of thing. Um, I would rather have it be that personally. The, I, I, I'm curious to see how, or if I use it at all, uh, the touch bar. So we'll find out. I, I had been thinking recently that it could be helpful to me if, um, well, I use my iPad pro in a keyboard case a lot. I'm using that right now, in fact. And if, if that keyboard had a touch bar, which obviously it doesn't, you know, you sometimes get, and I think this could happen on the Mac too, where you're you're kind of using something, even if it's not full screen, but where most of the other stuff on your screen is occluded. Where if somebody writes me a, an iMessage or a Slack, where I could see the full message in the touch bar, since they could display anything they want there. Like I feel like that could be helpful. Like I want to know what's the latest thing I received right there in full text, because like your notification center things cut everything off, and I want there's mm-hmm. so much room. But I, it doesn't do that. But I would like it to do that. That seems like a thing they should improve in the notification. <laughs> Well, maybe also true yes <laughs> but you know, i will say the, the biggest this is uh, barely tangential but my biggest annoyance on ios right now is when i get an apple news push alert and i tap and hold on the notification to see more of the story and i don't know if you guys have noted this but if you do like the pop in to see more of the story without opening up apple news you see less of the story than was in the alert <laughs> because of the way <laughs> it puts it on there and that's on iphone 10 which is a nice tall screen you see less when you pop into it and oh it that's interesting because so i see yeah, I guess I'm I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, because there is a story that happens to just pop up on mine. Yeah, I guess I get the headline, and like, you're right, slightly less of the, <laughs> it's of so the synopsis. Dumb. It's so dumb. That you is really dumb. You push in for more information, is it, and get is it be, It's simply because it's... <laughs> it's um, formatting. Yeah, it's like... like they put a photo in the instead. The post puts so a photo pushes everything in down. Oh, or, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, they want you to click through, right? Like, that's their whole job there. <laughs> I, you know what, I, I've been thinking for a long time that I still, and we've talked about that this. That doesn't sound like you. Well, yeah, it doesn't. I'm usually just very quick to judge things. <laughs> You're thinking of asshole. Me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we talked about it before, but the, uh, the, the whole peak and pop thing for me on, on the, on iOS, I still find, I find it underwhelming, uh, in a lot of cases. Like, cause this is exactly the thing we we're just talking about, right? Like if you force press on that notification, you should get more, but you get less, which means you have to click through anyways, which means why didn't you just swipe the notification in the first place, right? Like, in theory, mm-hmm. if you want to see more information, that's what you should have done. But now you've doubled the amount of things that you've done to get to the yeah. end result that you want. Well, and- I, I 
I don't have a I don't have a phone that does this anymore. That's right. Okay. No, never mind, John. <laughs> but but I remember that when I did have one, um, the only thing that I used it for regularly was uh, Tweetbot. Right. I remember that. And I, could... I, I've still never retrained myself to do that. Oh God, I still I miss I still miss that. I mean, I would love to be able to do that because you could see. Although you know, Tweetbot's probably going to get <laughs> Twitter's probably going to kill the third party clients anyway. But eventually. <laughs> That's by the I, time by the time I get by, by the time, time I get, get force touch back, <laughs> Tweetbot will be dead. Yeah, by the time the SE four rolls around, <laughs> I I don't know I I actually use those features more than I thought I would. The I don't know which is which in terms of peaking and popping whatever else, but like the one place where I notice I use it a lot is you know I for most people I leave read receipts turned on in iMessage, but if you pop into it, it doesn't mark it as read and lets you see the whole message. <laughs> So if I need to see it, but don't want to mark it as read, because I also wanted to, I wanted to, like Slack lets you mark a message as unread and iMessage doesn't. And I need to remember to reply to iMessages well, and it's so not a good inbox. And so when you're those. doing that, though, are you doing it, you're doing it from a notification? Yeah, or you can even do it from the messages app. Yeah, you can. I just, I've never, never done it from the messages app. I'm doing it now because I'm like, why would I, I just don't know what I, why I would do this. I understand your, the rationale you're giving me. It's just like not one that, that I end up needing that much. I'm a very popular person, Dan. Uh, you're a peaking popular person, my friend. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I mean, the the biggest the, the, problem t- the like, shoes on the other foot, Lex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it comes out like I never do this, and it's always yeah, Lex's fault. That's my that's, favorite part. That's the biggest nonsense <laughs> of this whole thing. Part Wait, of the Dan, show. Lex, why are you always making these puns that only you make and no one else here does? <laughs> I, you know what? I've 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 bent the world to my side. Um, yeah, I don't know. The one I've complained about the most with Peek and Pop is the anything where you have to load a URL because that to me seems ridiculous. Like you tap on, if you like force press on something that's like a URL, it should, it'll pop up the window and show you a preview. But yeah, the URL isn't preloaded or anything. So you tap and then it starts loading it. And then you're sitting there like applying like a slightly uncomfortable amount of pressure to your phone as you're <laughs> waiting for a web page to load. And it's like, yeah. why didn't I just Dumb. tap the link? <laughs> that to me seems insane like i don't understand why that's a thing (laughs) i feel you on this yeah well and plus this this is this technology has been around for three years two and a half years two and a half years god but it's one of those things where it's not super discoverable and if you don't yeah and it's it's not on all the devices Mm -hmm. yeah it's not even on iPads, right? Like right. It's no not. On, right, yeah. Right, it's not on. Right. The, it's not even on the iPad Pro. Like, it's not a big deal to me that it's not on John's little baby phone. But like, <laughs> well, I recently turned it. Back. Screw you. Okay. <laughs> I recently turned it back on um, for my trackpad on my Mac, the force click and haptic feedback thing, because I turned that off for a long time because I don't use the same feature there. But I was curious about the. Because it says, like, you know, there's haptic feedback from some things. I've never figured out what that means, though. Like, it's different from the, like, thing that just makes it feel like it's clicking, which is always on. I guess silent clicking, turning that on and off is what, like, determines whether you sort of hear the click in the faux clicking. Right. Um, but then there's also the force click, which is the thing where, like, there's two levels of clicking your trackpad. I, I use that force 3D monster click on the Mac for one thing only, one ping only. I use it when I'm looking. <laughs> you got to you got to say it like Sean Connery. Come on, one uh, ping only. I, I do it when I want a definition of a word, right? So you double click on a uh, word yeah. and you can force but, touch into it, and that's the only time I use. It. I don't use it for anything else. On the I Mac. think you can do it without that, even though. 
I think you oh, can. You just, can, you, yeah, you can you like three, right click, three finger, hold a key, three yeah. finger touch, three finger tap will do it as well. Which but is I, what I, I like using used. that gesture. I think it's a cool gesture. I just never have any other time to, that I think to use it. Yeah, well, it's because the stuff that it's like set up to use for is weird. Like in QuickTime, you can use some media controls uh, yeah. or Quick Look, you know, can use it for some things. And I'm like, it's so random. Like it, it seems like an extra feature that is not really needed or beneficial. Yeah. There you go, Apple. Hmm. Take dumb. that. Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Clicking is dumb. When you try and fire us, it's in jail. This is where I put no... in a record scratch sound and there's like a like a like an announcement that's like, we're sorry, the following show has been discontinued. It's all of the hosts have been arrested. By the way, you can hear this show on Apple Podcasts. Uh the the, the touch bar at least for give now. you haptic feedback on a key by key basis, right? Like because you the, know haptic feedback. You can't even push in on it? You get nothing when you push down? Let me hear. Let me find out. This is this is live, people. <laughs> nope, there's nothing. Zip. Mic it. Mic it. <laughs> it's, there's no haptic feedback. That sound you hear there's is no haptic nothing engine. happening. There's no haptic engine in the thing. Yeah. Dumb. Hence, you no haptic, feel, haptic you feedback. You should feel those keys, is all I'm saying. I feel like the... Well, when they replace, when they replace the entire keyboard with just like a flat oh, screen, I'm sure you will. God, no. <laughs> I, for one, can't wait. I just don't understand. That's how they're going to fix gonna... Marco's complaining about motes of dust getting, you know, screwing <laughs> yeah. the keyboard up. I just, I don't Try know get a moat gonna... of dust in there, Marco Arment. You need a way, and anybody who's ever done any extended typing on an iPad, like a full-size iPad, knows this, but you need a way to, to position your fingers in space. If you're anything, yes. if you're not, yeah, if you're no, I do not want that. <laughs> you have to be able to put your hands on the keyboard and know where they are. Well, so to be clear... I the, don't want that. The theory I saw from, which I thought was actually interesting from, um, I think Jason Snell wrote about this a few months back, was the idea of using cameras and positioning stuff in there to basically be wherever you put your fingers down is essentially where, like, the home row is. That'll work well. I'm just, I mean, like, it's an interesting <laughs> way to circumvent. I totally agree with you, Lex. I 100% agree with you. But that seems like an interesting out-of-the-box way to potentially go around that i still think it would probably not work very well but i can when you look at most apple laptops there's not enough room for it to really make sense to me like i remember when the first iphone came out people were making virtual maps online that showed you where you could press for different letters right, to the hitboxes like, yeah right like and after you type certain letters like the tap target for you know after an s you know the tap target for h was much wider than like the tap target for d for g because you never type sg but you would type sh right and that makes sense to me. But if you think about like trying to reposition the home row based on where your hands are, there's not enough room on a Mac laptop to really support that. Or yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, unless I, we're making half the keys very tiny. I think they would have to come up with a, I mean, I think the, the, the takeaway from that is they would have to do something much more clever than just be like, look, it's a glass surface with a touch, like, you know, right. a touch they, keypad I, on I it. I think you need to be able to run your fingers along it and feel like the, you know, the symbols they put on like F and J or whatever. You'd have to be able to yeah. feel those, I think. Yeah, I don't know if the haptic stuff is precise enough to do that, but my feeling is probably not right now. Might be eventually, but yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not waiting for that future of the all glass keyboard. That's not solve no. a problem I have. I would just like more things that could break when I drop my iPhone and iPad <laughs> and mm. Mac. Mm-hmm. This is my MacBook. Yeah. It's entirely made out of glass. <laughs> Please no. Please God no. If if they make a computer. That's entirely glass. They should call it a Windows computer. Oh. Uh, <laughs> mine are so much better than yours, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, his last one was. Let's yeah, put it that see, way. You know. Yeah. 
I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say on average, <laughs> although, although Lex, Lex's volume is so high that say, that may be true. You got to go for volume, right? And it's just a shotgun approach. Game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure you're right about I'm, that. I'm more of a precision guy. Yeah. Oh, my, my MacBook Pro that I hate that is dead. Um, also speaking to volume is what made me think of it. It's maximum volume is lo- less than like one tick volume would be on a normal working computer for no known reason like through restarts like it just does not gen- it's making sound but it's making whisper quiet sound and that's all it can do it's a bad mac i just want to put that out there i will be auctioning off my mac for five dollars after <laughs> after i replace it i uh i had to reinstall the mac os on my mac mini server last week um because i kept like upon restart it would just give you the circle with the slash through it uh which is apparently bad <laughs> I still don't know what caused it, but the basically the remedy that they tell you is um, basically reinstall macOS. So I did that from the recovery partition. Uh, it took a little time to get it to like actually the 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 challenge was it's a Mac Mini server that's just sitting there, uh, so it doesn't have a keyboard. Uh, usually I use a Bluetooth keyboard, but Bluetooth third party Bluetooth yeah. keyboards especially can be kind of wonky when you're in a situation like that. So I yep. ended up having to grab the <laughs> Magic Keyboard and the Lightning Cable from my iMac and plug it in there. And I, I got to say the I, the lightning pairing thing that they do with those and with the Apple Pencil uh I think is is really superb just the fact that it does it it just works. That is a, an example of something like where you better work when you just connect two things with a cable. Like if it doesn't just work, you've got some problems. Uh, because I don't even know where I have a USB keyboard anymore. Like I don't I might have one buried, like an old one buried away somewhere, but it's like oh under a pile of crap. I've got so many USB keyboards. <laughs> John's room is papered <laughs> in USB keyboards. Uh, I can't pair my... I, I've been using the keyboard on my MacBook Pro a lot more because I can't pair my old um, Magic Keyboard with it anymore for some really? reason. Yeah. Did we talk about this the last time? Yeah. Because because the solution the solution I that I read online was like was unpair everything un unpair all your Bluetooth <laughs> stuff. It's like I'm not doing that. No, thank you. <laughs> well, the fun part is if you do that on an iMac, then it's like oh no. <laughs> and it, I mean, and I mean, forget it has to forget all right, of them, not right. just like not just disconnect them. You have to like forget everything. Like I'm not starting that. Yeah, that is need. that is one of the frustrations still with Bluetooth is the like pairing process to me is still kind of. It's gotten better for some things, but there are a lot of cases where I still find it kind of annoying. Like I was trying to hook up a Bluetooth speaker to my girlfriend's phone the other day, and it's like there was an entry for it, like because we had paired it at some point in the past. But like you tapped on it, and it was just like, nah, I can't find that speaker. So I yeah. like removed everything, right. repaired it, and I was like, all right, that was that was unnecessary. Do you guys? Uh, speaking of Bluetooth and phones and pairing things, do you guys have your phones paired to your Macs so that it rings on your Mac as well? Uh, yeah. I don't have it paired, but I use the yeah. It's not really paired; it's just through I, the feature iCloud, right? Yeah, I use the iCloud feature. Yeah, okay. I mean, what I have noted is that starting sometime, and I don't know when in the past month or two, when I am using my phone as a phone, um, it you know you can pick like, am I using the speaker? Am I using my earpiece? Oh, yeah. And it wants to pair with my Mac as well. It's like you can also listen to this call through your Mac as a as an output option. And it didn't always do that, and I don't know why it's doing if that. If you have it connected so that it essentially calls or forwarded to your Mac um, and your iPad, etc., then 
like your Mac will show up as an option. Somebody brought this up not long ago and I, I did some digging and found that if you turn it off, you go into like the phone settings or where, wherever it tells you like, let other nearby devices make calls using my phone. And if you turn off the entry for your Mac, it will stop showing it as a speaker option. Oh, okay. Uh, so that's how to fix it. I don't know why those two things are conflated because to me, they're not quite the same, right? Like I've taken calls yeah. on my Mac because sometimes I will be sitting here and I'll be listening to music in my headphones and it will ring. And I'm like, well, I got my headphones on and there's a mic right here. Like <laughs> that works fine. I've done radio interviews via the Mac, um, like forwarded over the iPhone connection. And that works pretty well too. Cause I don't have to move my phone around be like, all right, I'm not touching it. Hopefully the reception works. I have turned it off on my Mac. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. I'm here to solve problems and create other problems. <laughs> and make not, puns. Not necessarily one-to-one. <laughs> uh, I was using my uh, HomePod this morning. I told it to play a song. It said, great, playing that song. Then there was silence. Mm. <laughs> a thing happened. I told it again. That time it did play it. Uh, and I thought for not the first time that I should throw this thing into the ocean. Um, I wanted to use it the other day. We were we were doing a, a gaming session here with a few of my girlfriend's friends, and one of her friends had to call in because he was not uh, in the state. And I was like, oh, this would be a really good opportunity to use the HomePod as like a speakerphone because it's got pretty good sound. It should have like all the good mic canceling and stuff. Uh, and I don't know whether this was a HomePod problem or a third-party app problem um, because we were using um, Discord which has like a little airplay icon, but basically every time I tried to select the home pod, it was like, Nope, can't use it. And then we just kick back to the internal iPhone, uh, which was kind of annoying. So that's actually why I ended up pairing that Bluetooth speaker because then it would actually work. Uh, but to me, that was a little frustrating because it seems like this should work. If it's air, if it's airplay, it should airplay, it should just work, but airplay does kind of airplay, but airplay doesn't work in and of itself. Yeah, so I was disappointed by that because I was like, oh, I found a use for the HomePod. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so far, this is seeming like $349 well spent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get to complain about it a lot on podcasts, so, you know, that's true. Yeah. right off. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, right, you're right. You, you... <laughs> Paid for itself. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. This thing, this, thing, this thing doesn't work very well, paid for itself. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I, they keep talking about things they're going to do to improve it. And I'm kind of like, how long is it going to take you to, to improve this? Like, is this really a first generation is kind of like, nah, it's fine, but really have to wait till that like second version of the software. Like the, the Apple watch was kind of had yeah. that kind of problem. Yeah. This is the new Apple, the I guess. What would you consider the speaker of your house, Dan? Like, which, which is your go-to right now? Probably just in sheer like amount of time that I use it, probably just the echo itself in the mm. kitchen because that's I hope where it's not I'm... Dennis Hastert. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not that's Gingrich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh probably just the echo, honestly. Like if I'm and it's mainly listening uh, I listen to a decent amount of music on it, but like a lot of spoken you know, podcasts or radio and stuff like that. Because it's just convenient. Um I would say the Sonos probably come in after that because I can tell them what to play via you know the echoes and the home pod like i make a you still conscious... have a sonos one right I, I have two play ones but no sonos one i would consider yeah. i am considering at some point uh swapping out the echo for a play one or for the sonos one but uh when i swapped out the echo for the echo show my girlfriend hated it in the kitchen so i'm a little wary of of changing devices there. 
you know, sometimes it seems like Lex is here and then he's just gone. Like he just <laughs> one disappears. Minute, one minute he's here. One, one minute he's here. Next minute he's Sometimes gone. he's not here at all. Some days he's not here at all. Are those the good days, the bad days? No one really knows. <laughs> That's an exercise we'll leave up to our listeners. Leave to the listeners. Yeah. Well, now that he's gone, let's talk about some interesting stuff. Mm. Did you see that Spotify and Hulu are teaming up for a $13 subscription bundle? Ooh, I did. I saw something like that. There was another does that thing. Seem to... like, does that seem like anything you'd be interested in? <laughs> this is not a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> is it? Is it one of those things where it's like, it's a bundle, but then like after six months or something, they charge you more? Because that was my, that's always my hesitation with those things. It's like, I saw something the other day where it was like, oh, sign up for this. It was like add, I think it was adding HBO onto Hulu or something like that. Like there was a bundle, and they're like, "Oh, it's only five bucks a month for HBO Go for the first six months." Then you pay the normal fee. And I was like, "Well, <laughs> fuck that." Yeah, right. What's the point? <laughs> I mean, I guess switching the, at the very that. least, it just doesn't read like it doesn't read that way. It doesn't say that uh, from what I'm seeing. So, uh, but the but the thing that you don't know is how. I mean, since they are separate companies, it's like how long will they continue to enjoy this relationship? Well, I mean, I feel like they both probably feel the need to combat. Yeah, like they're neither of them is backed by a huge tech company. Yeah, so they need leverage, right? So it makes sense. It's as a strategic partnership that makes sense. I'm not sure. I mean, I subscribe to Hulu. I don't think I would switch to Spotify because of like this would not make me switch my plans. Mm Hmm. Um. Apparently, the offer is... No, oh, it says indefinitely. Indefinite, yes. Yeah, yeah. But that also means could be removed at any time. <laughs> right, no, I mean, obviously, yeah, because they're not... Well, I mean, I guess any any bundle sure. could be removed at any time. That's totally fair. I mean, you're you're less likely... I mean, think about, think about the number of streaming services that Microsoft introduced. <laughs> <laughs> Touché. I also number, think... Or at least number of music services. I mean, good grief. Based on what I've heard about this, I also think it doesn't. It's only valid for the basic Hulu plan, not the like uh, no ads plan. Oh yeah. So if you were looking to like get a deal on that, that doesn't really help you. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't subscribe to Hulu anymore. I used to, but I do. It still has enough stuff that I watch. Like between my girlfriend and I, we we spend enough. Like we watch enough stuff that it's worthwhile. Yeah. And we subscribe to a lot of stuff, but that's because at a certain point I decided I, I wanted to make the effort to try and acquire as much of my like TV content legitimately as I could, <laughs> <laughs> which I, I feel like I've done pretty well at. Like I'm at probably 90% of what I watch, like I pay for. <laughs> Is this, we're, we're doing real talk right now? Is no, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to like you know Apple's already arrested us so like we might as well just flip. <laughs> we're re- we're already recording from prison, but you know I mean there's always stuff that's just hard to get in the U.S. Like I find like the bulk of stuff that I want to watch that is I can't acquire legitimately is stuff that's only on in other countries. Yeah, um, and that like I would consider paying for that if there were a better service that had those things or was available. Like for years, the BBC was talking about. I don't remember if it ever came out. Did they ever release a U.S. version of their, like, they have one in the U.K. called iPlayer that they've had for many years, and they had talked about allowing a, a U.S. plan, but I'm not sure if it ever came out. It, yeah, I don't think there's, like, a, I don't think there's, like, a plan. Uh, you can get, there's an app that they have, but they I don't think you can, I mean, you get hardly anything out of it, is what I recall. And then there's, 
I mean, do you, I think most of their stuff comes through PBS, right? Yeah, you either get through PBS or I don't know where, like, if you get BBC America, I guess, through your, like, through your cable, cable plan. or whatever, then, yeah. then fine. Right, right. But I there's other that, stuff that's, right. that's not covered by the BBC because there are other networks in the UK. So that's yeah. like a whole yeah. separate thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, like, I wanted to watch Lost in Space when it came out, and and I was sort of hoping that it was going to come out, like, I was looking f- for it, like, at 9 o'clock the night before, because I thought, well, maybe it drops, it's supposed to drop on the 13th, maybe it drops at midnight Eastern time, and I can get, and like, no, and then the next morning yeah. I wake up and I go to look, and it's like, it's still not on Netflix, and I'm like, what the heck? I mean, I guess it was added at, like, noon or something, I don't even know when exactly it was added, um, but I noticed that I could get it another way. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode so i watched the first episode the uh, another way and then you know by the time i had finished the first episode it was available so. yeah well you know it's the timing of that stuff is weird like like sunday night my girlfriend and i were sitting there and we're not usually up super late on sunday nights but because it we it was a massachusetts holiday on monday we were we were like hanging out and we're like oh we could watch john oliver live on on hbo go because you know it's, it airs at 11 o'clock eastern or whatever yeah. It is one of the shows on HBO that does not show up on streaming at the same time as it airs. Like, if you go to watch, like, Game of Thrones or Westworld or something, as yeah. soon as it starts airing on the East Coast, it's generally available everywhere. But for whatever reason, John Oliver doesn't show up till, like, midnight or, they said, like, 2 a.m. Eastern. Um, <laughs> which is... I don't know why. I mean, it's a half-hour show. Presumably, yeah. all the switches and stuff that could be, like, flipped to deliver it are, are there. Uh, but... Yeah, so that was kind of annoying uh, because we were just sitting there like, oh, yeah, let's watch John Oliver. That sounds great. And I like I ended up having to Google why it's not showing up. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, asterisk, except for these shows. You know, it's like it's a fun. Oh. It's a fun Sunday night activity. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, and then we were just <laughs> finding out find, why I can't see things. Yeah, then we were disappointed to find it like we wanted. We had, I thought Westworld season two started this week, but it apparently starts next week. So. Uh, I misled her twice. <laughs> I mean, you know, she should be used to that. But right, exactly. Part I'm of the unreliable. Course, really. Let's be clear. <laughs> so this is something local to you. Yeah, uh, I just saw this. Apple is expanding its office space in downtown Seattle. Yeah, yeah. To occupy five floors. For mostly, and these are mostly AI jobs. Yeah, it sounds I like guess. machine learning and AI. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's interesting to me because Apple makes a big deal in some circles about having everybody local to Cupertino, and yet they do have a a number of, if not huge, like substantial. Like this, they're saying that this will probably be close to five hundred people. Like that's not enormous for a company that employs as many people as Apple employs, but it's it's not insignificant either. Um, there has been, and I think there still is a Boston office somewhere that's probably commensurately sized. Yeah. I thought there was a Portland one too. Yeah. There are a few sprinkled here and there and they're usually like, sometimes they're because Apple acquires a company that already has an office. Sometimes it's a strategic thing. Like I think part of the function of the Boston one, at least probably in the 90s or something, I remember where it was because you used to see the sign right after, right as you would go down into the subway uh, in Cambridge uh, in near MIT. I think it was mainly there to deal like some education stuff and, you know, obviously contacts with MIT and Harvard and that kind of stuff. 
Um, I don't know now what it does. I mean, I know Amazon and Google and Microsoft all have offices in similar areas in Boston, and a lot of them have, you know, their specific teams there. Um, but I have a friend at Microsoft who has, like, part of his team works out of the Cambridge office, I think. Um, hmm. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, geographical. Um, yeah. Geographical. Well, that's what, yeah. you know, like if you ever look for a job and you, like, think... Boy, it seems like in this day and age, everybody should be able to work remotely because what difference does it make really? Um, and then, you know, particularly in our our industry, it's it's very maddening because you, you look for writer jobs and it's like, must be in downtown New York, must yeah, be in right. downtown San Francisco. It's like, why? <laughs> seriously? Like, it's almost all going to be on the phone if you're going to be talking to anybody. And anything else is just research, which you can do from anywhere. Yeah. No, I, 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 one of the great flexibilities of, you know, working in an industry like this is that ability to do your job from anywhere. I mean, and I was not unique among Macworld editors to not be located in California, mm-hmm. uh, but I was, I want to say for, well, for, uh, there, for a time, I was the only one on the East Coast um, that expanded in later years. But, you know, it it was like, certainly it started as like random exceptions to the rule. Like there was an editor who lived down in the South, you know, South Bay, much farther, like Southern, South of like San Jose, Palo Alto, et cetera. And like, he worked, I think out of the office a little bit, maybe in his early days. And then was like, look, it's like an hour and a half commute from either way. I'm just going to work at home. And they're like, all right, (laughs) you know, (laughs) that's fine. Um, (laughs) And so I think that opened up a lot of freedom for, you know, certainly when they went to hire me, I didn't, I don't think that they necessarily would have, they probably would have forced me to move out of San Francisco if they had hired me, you know, five years earlier or something like that. Yeah. Right. So thank God for that. Cause I did not want to live in San Francisco. You can't afford to live in San Francisco. I, well, now I can't, you know, 10 years ago, yeah, right. maybe I could, but I was going to be paying a lot more than where I was. And yeah. I just didn't want to live in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but, sorry, San Francisco. Sorry, San Francisco. But you know, you know what you did. You pooped on the street, is what yeah, you did. Well, among other things, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess AI, machine learning. That's they seem to be this. This to me strikes me as one of those things that if if not a, an Apple leak is something that Apple didn't try too hard to protect because they're trying to, I think, be visible about their AI machine learning stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it seems like of late, of late they are trying because they, they apparently they started hiring a whole bunch more people and then they got the guy from Google. They also put a thing up. So they have this machine learning journal, um, which is written, you know, like it's essentially a blog by their machine learning team. And they've written a few things. Every few months they write things, but they just wrote one um, this past week that had to do with talking about the personalization of the Siri wake word. Um, Mm. basically like going through all the science about it and it's all very impressive. And I feel like, like part of me looks at this and goes, it comes off a little awkward because it feels defensive. It's like, look how much work we put into, to perfecting this one feature. And, and like, we're not falling behind. (laughs) And all you people do is complain. And all you do is complain. And it's like, that's great, I guess, but it's kind of missing the point. Yeah. Um, Right. I mean, I was thinking about this the other day because it does feel like a perfect is the enemy of good situation where Apple spends so much time, invests so much energy into designing these really elegant, perfect systems 
um that meanwhile amazon's like let's just slap something really easy together and it's like well you know what that's good enough for most people (laughs) yeah they did spend a lot of time on those jokes though so jokes (laughs) just in case you need the air quotes quote jokes well quote yeah when siri has a developed its tight 10 give me a call So here, here's a fun thing. You guys are going to keep talking about technology, and I'm not, because I'm getting evicted right now. But this <laughs> okay. episode is also brought to you by Dan and John being annoyed with me for leaving this episode early. Goodbye. <laughs> also true. <laughs>